The Founding Fathers, American Revolution, Our Constitution, Our History, America. Thanks so much for tuning in as we discuss the people, places, events, and battles that turned 13 separate colonies into the greatest nation on earth, the United States. Welcome back, patriots. I'm your host, Ron Kern, and today is my 15th show. And I appreciate those of you who are tuning in for the first time or happen to be our seasoned listeners. Today's show is what I call a bonus episode. And by that, it means I talk about a person or event or a battle that I think will be interesting to all of you. Now, bonus episodes, of course, are relatable to the American Revolution, but not necessarily fall into the chronological story of my other episodes. Today, I'm going to be talking about a man who was an early supporter of the Patriot cause and a major influence on one of our founding fathers, that being the young Alexander Hamilton. A tailor, he gathered intelligence that helped save George Washington from being captured not once, but actually twice. And if you've ever seen the Broadway musical Hamilton, I'm guessing that is likely the only time you have ever heard of this man. The focus of today's bonus episode is Hercules Mulligan. There are so many events and times in this man's life. Jumping into the countless rabbit holes that I encountered would have been very easy for me to do. I fought these urges, however, for your benefit. Well, almost all of them. So I'm going to try to keep this short as possible, but still filled with information that you may have heard about and likely many things about Hercules Mulligan that you have not heard about. After listening to this podcast, you should have a pretty good understanding of him, just how important he was and how he helped the Patriot cause, and of course, other tidbits that aren't mentioned in the history books. Okay, let's get started with the basics, and then we can dive into some pretty cool things that took place during his lifetime. Hercules Mulligan was born in Ireland on September 25th, 1740. His parents immigrated to America in 1746 in New York City and attended King's College, which is now called Columbia University. He was married to Elizabeth Sanders Mulligan in 1773. Now, the cool thing about Elizabeth, his wife, was that she was a niece to Admiral Sanders of the British Navy. Mulligan was a very staunch supporter of the Revolution and the American cause, even though his now wife and her entire family were obviously on the opposite side of that battle. Hercules Mulligan was a spy during the Revolution, which we'll get into momentarily, and he died at the age of 80 in 1825. Mulligan is buried at Trinity Church in New York. He was not only influential on Alexander Hamilton, he actually lived with him and is buried next to him in Trinity Church, which is at the corner of Wall Street and Broadway. Pretty good real estate at this point. Other famous people buried in the cemetery are the Schuyler sisters. One was Alexander Hamilton's wife, along with her sister. Robert Fulton is buried there too, and he was the guy that invented the first commercial steamboat, the first torpedo, and the first submarine. He was quite the overachiever. 
Many other notables are also buried there. In short, he was very well thought of at the time, but for some reason his name has kind of uh, largely been forgotten. That is, until the Broadway hit Hamilton came onto the scene. Then, everybody knew his name and, from the play, could ascertain that he was a spy. But it's time now that he gets a little more press and a little more detail about what that really meant. Mulligan worked at his father's accounting firm, but eventually branched out on his own. And what he did is he opened up a tailoring and haberdashery business. Now, what in the world is haberdashery? Well, besides being a pretty fun word to say, it's right in line with being a tailor, and in addition to selling men's clothes, he sold items such as buttons, ribbons, zippers, and dressmaking and sewing accessories. His shop became the place to go if you wanted the best, and many British officers and higher-ups wanted the best, and they visited his shop frequently. Keep that information bookmarked in your brain because it comes in handy later. Although he made enough money to hire assistants and employees, which he did, he chose to roll up his sleeves and work alongside his employees. He would spend hours with each person, both American and British, sizing, measuring, and making his clients happy with their clothing. In doing so, this meant that he also had a genuine and personal relationship with them. And when you're getting a haircut or your suit fitted, clients like to talk. And his tailor shop was really no exception. Mulligan was an excellent listener, which made his clients feel quite at ease. And with that, the conversations oftentimes spilled over with information that would eventually be critical to many aspects of the forming of our country and winning the Revolutionary War. Now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't the type of information like a British soldier came in and said, hey, you know what, here's a map or here's some top secret stuff. Except one not-so-bright British soldier um, did kind of do that, and I'll get into that momentarily. But as you're going to hear, many great things can come from what may be considered small and unimportant tidbits. Even with what seems so benign and casual conversation can actually end up being so damaging. And in this case, it was damaging for the British. When Mulligan was younger, in the 1770s, he lived with a young man from the Caribbean. Yes, that young man, Alexander Hamilton. There are accounts of them staying up all hours of the night talking about independence, and Mulligan, who was older than Hamilton, likely enhanced or helped shape Hamilton's desire for freedom from England, and I just think that would be really cool to be in on that conversation. I mean, that was right when Hamilton was really starting to get involved, but he wasn't quite sure maybe which way to go. Well, it's said that Mulligan really provided some older brother type wisdom. Um, there's really no documentation on that, uh, but they do know that they lived together and there were accounts of them staying up and we presume what they were talking about was the American cause, based on both of their actions. Now, Mulligan was one of the first colonists to join the Sons of Liberty, and later the New York Committee of Correspondence. Now, those two organizations really were formed to, to undermine British authority in the colonies. You can listen to Episode 9 to learn all about the Sons of Liberty. When war broke out in 1775, Hercules Mulligan did his part to help the cause. 
Still in New York, he joined a volunteer militia that stole British cannons and helped lead the Sons of Liberty to tear down a statue of King George III in Bowling Green. This is the statue that Patriots melted down and later used the lead to make 48,088 musket balls. You may have already heard about the tearing down of the statue, but rarely if ever does anybody tell you who was there. Mulligan was not only there, he held one of the ropes that was draped over the statue to pull down, and he did pull it down, and I think it's an important piece of information to know. So, now you know. Once Washington retreated from New York, however, Mulligan was forced to remain in the city, and he returned to his clothing emporium. It was at this juncture that Hamilton suggested that Mulligan become a spy for the Continental Army. His proximity to the enemy made Mulligan an ideal candidate for espionage. The tailor eagerly accepted, and George Washington approved. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Throughout the war, Mulligan performed his new role perfectly. By outfitting British officers who were clearly chatty Cathys, appealing to their egos and asking the right questions and being a fantastic listener, Mulligan was able and very skilled in gaining valuable insight into the enemy's movements. He could oftentimes conclude that the British Army's next move by inquiring when the officers needed their uniforms back, for example. When any intelligence he felt was warranted, Mulligan then dispatched that information to his slave Cato, and Cato would ride out to Washington's headquarters with the news. Not once, but twice, Mulligan's information prevented General George Washington from being captured, or, more likely, killed. On one occasion, an officer came to Mulligan late at night in dire need of a coat. Upon further questioning, the officer carelessly disclosed his mission to capture George Washington later that day. What did this free-lipped British officer actually say to Mulligan? He said, Before another day passes, we will have the rebel general in our hands. I'm guessing that this officer wasn't the most intelligent of the bunch. I mean, like, seriously, who would tell a tailor about hatching a plan to kidnap the most famous and powerful person in the entire country. Well, as you know, Mulligan sent this news out immediately, and upon receiving the news, Washington immediately relocated to safety. In another instance, the British had found out that Washington was traveling to Rhode Island via the shoreline of Connecticut. By a stroke of luck, Hercules' brother, his name was Hugh, was charged with loading the British boats with supplies. So Hugh informed Hercules of the enemy's plans and in turn went to Cato, and Cato then carried the message to Washington. Because of this information, Washington was able to change his route and literally was saved for the second time because of the information that Mulligan was able to get right from his business. 
Now a little bit about his brother Hugh Mulligan. Hugh owned a business that helped supply the British Army. This came in extremely handy as with Hugh's knowledge of what was going out and when, coupled with Hercules information obtained in his tailor shop, it was a match made in heaven for the Patriot cause. This was not the first time the brothers spoke and shared important information with each other, then with the higher-ups, and without it, the war truly could have looked quite different. After the war, a grateful George Washington visited Mulligan's store and requested new clothes. This, I think, was a way of protecting Mulligan from being labeled as a British sympathizer for working so closely with the enemy. Outside of his store, Mulligan proudly displayed a sign that read, Clothier to General Washington. In reviewing Washington's papers, there's a letter from Tobias Lear to Hercules Mulligan, I'll have an actual picture of this in our show notes, that was dated February 6, 1792, so after the end of the Revolutionary War. Now, Tobias Lear was Washington's secretary, and he wrote, Sir, the President is desirous of getting some black mole skin, like that of which you made him a pair of breeches when he was in New York, and not being able to procure any in this city, he has directed me to request, if there is any in New York, that you will be so good as to get and send to him as much as will make three pair breeches, and the amount of which shall be remitted to you as soon as it gets to him and the price is known. I just love how they spoke back then. Nowadays, it'd be a text. Hey, pick up some pants, pick up some, <laughs> you know. Uh, I just I just think it's cool reading actual handwritten notes. It's a little hard to read, but it is really cool to, to see the actual documents. To ensure that Mulligan was not considered or persecuted as a Tory sympathizer, in addition to getting his clothes from him, Washington had breakfast with Mulligan at Mulligan's home the day after the British evacuated New York. It worked, as those types of rumors and thoughts dissipated and never again were broached with Mulligan. Now, after this short break, I'm going to discuss other facts about Hercules Mulligan that you may not have ever heard about. If you like my podcast and what I'm doing, and you want to support it, I have a few ways that you can do that. Word of mouth is certainly the best way to advertise, so please tell your friends and family about this podcast. It's kid-friendly, too, so you can share it with teachers and schools if you want to. Podcasts that have a lot of reviews are just found easier. So if you have a few seconds, and literally that's all it takes, go to the bottom of my podcast, click the number of stars that you feel it is warranted, and that's it. You can write something if you want, but that's not necessary. It literally takes you just a few seconds. Lastly, we have some pretty cool patriotic gear on our newly launched online store. We have mugs, t-shirts with famous and important revolutionary quotes. Thanks for your consideration. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, let's get back to the cool facts that you may not have heard or known about Hercules Mulligan and others. As with many figures in the Broadway musical Hamilton, Hercules Mulligan was not black. In real life, he was Irish and pretty much as white as you can get. To me, in a couple of paintings that um, was done of Mulligan, I think 
especially one, he resembles George Washington, which is quite a compliment. And I will have that paint. I'll actually have all those paintings on our show notes. So be sure to check those out and let me know if you agree, if, uh, if, it, if he reminds you of George Washington. Okay, time for a brief rabbit hole. The musical also had countless races incorrect. Notably, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and of course, Alexander Hamilton, which were all being played by black or Latino people. And they were all white in real life. So why did they cast a different race than they were for such prominent historical figures? That I can't answer. And to be blunt, personally, I could care less. The musical, it's really an amazing source of history, flawless music and lyrics, and for the most part, it's pretty accurate historically. The story, music, and entertainment value is hands down a work of art in my opinion, and if you haven't seen it yet, I would recommend watching it. I'm guessing that most people had no idea of who Hercules Mulligan was until they saw the musical and heard his name. I think it's uh, streaming on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. But word of warning, the songs that they sing will stick in your head for a long, long time. On January 25th, 1785, Mulligan, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay became three of the 19 founders of the New York Manumission Society. And that was an early organization founded to promote the abolition of slavery. And, if you weren't aware, John Jay became the first Chief Justice, which helped shape the Supreme Court, and also negotiated and signed the Treaty of Paris, ending the American Revolution. And John Jay also contributed to the Federalist Papers. Alright, another cool fact is, if you have watched uh, AMC's series about the Culper spy ring called Turn, Washington Spies, Both Mulligan and Cato are portrayed in the fourth and fifth seasons. I highly recommend watching this. It's definitely worth the time. And although it's not 100% accurate historically, it does paint a real good picture of how critical spies were in the American Revolution. And that most certainly includes Hercules Mulligan. Now, you can think, well, he was doing well. He um, had a shop in New York. Of course, it'd be easy just to become a spy, but what you must remember is if you were caught as a spy, you were put to death. Nathan Hell was the first person, the first spy to get caught on the Patriot side, and they hung him immediately. Now, there's a couple of other books that I own about spies and this spy ring, and those two, I'll have links to those in the show notes under recommended reading. These books are really packed full of great information, and they're shorter in comparison, so they're pretty quick reads. After the war, Mulligan's tailor business started to really suffer financially, almost to the point of closing up his shop. Now, this was due in large part to the fact that much of his clientele were British soldiers and British officers, and with the war now over, the number of clients that he had stopped coming in, obviously. And it's safe to say that George Washington getting his clothes there on many occasions and personally going into his shop to order the clothes not only brought his business back to surviving, it actually made it thrive and prosper greatly. And as I mentioned earlier, Mulligan had a sign 
made to hang in front of a shop that read Clothier to General Washington. How is that for 18th century sponsorship? George Washington visits and gets his clothes from your shop? Well, that's a pretty darn good shot in the arm for your business, I'd say. Now, Mulligan also participated in the Battle of Golden Hill, which was a clash between British soldiers and the Sons of Liberty that took place just six weeks prior to its more famous counterpart, the Boston Massacre. We just covered the Boston Massacre in our last show, episode number 14, so take a listen if you haven't already. And here's a cool update on episode 14. It has now eclipsed the last five episodes in popularity, that is, the number of times that it's been played or listened to. On one occasion, Hercules Mulligan used a drunken conversation with New York City Mayor David Matthews to uncover and help thwart the Hickey plot to assassinate George Washington. Did you know that there was an assassination plot against George Washington? So truly, you could say that Mulligan helped save George Washington's life, or at least from capture and grave danger, now three times. This plot to assassinate Washington can be explored in really great detail in a book by Brad Meltzer called The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. I personally find that it is exceptionally well-written account of this plot from start to end, and I've read it a couple times. I'll, of course, put a link for this book in my show notes. And there's also a couple of other books that will be under the suggested reading section of the show notes as well. So make sure you check those out. I put a lot of time and research into these links um, in an effort to make further um, research for you much easier. I did a little figuring, and I'm not sure it's 100% accurate. But basically, for every one minute that you hear of this podcast, it equates to about 30 minutes of research. So... A lot of time and energy and effort goes into this podcast because one, I love it. It's my passion and I want to help educate others. But two, I want these links to be explored. And and for those of you that might find an interest, I make it easy. Just visit our show notes and click away. Mulligan was also a member of the Committee of 100 in New York, and he played a major role in the political maneuverings that determined the first New York delegation to the Continental Congress. I think this tidbit is pretty cool. Mulligan carried an escape plan from a New York City committee to George Washington when Washington was seemingly trapped in Brooklyn after the Battle of Long Island. Washington used this plan to escape to Manhattan. Now, Hercules Mulligan is just a really cool name. Okay, this is not a fact and it's just my opinion, but seriously, Hercules Mulligan. It just is a really cool name. Uh, Mulligan also gathered intelligence uh, that revealed Howe's plan to sail south to Charleston in 1779, and that was based on British requests for lighter weight uniforms. Heavier or lighter type uniforms were indicative of where the troops were going to be going next, north or south. Now, Mulligan was once arrested by the British after being singled out by Benedict Arnold as a potential intelligence operative. Or, basically, Benedict Arnold said, this guy's a spy. And at his trial, Mulligan utilized his gift of gab to talk his way out of a conviction. Now, I find this to be yet another time in history that Benedict Arnold should have been listened to. 
And in my opinion, Benedict Arnold, had he not defected and been treasonous in his actions, I firmly believe that he would have as many statues and be celebrated almost as much as we do George Washington. Perhaps Benedict Arnold should be featured in a bonus episode. What do you think? Obviously, Mulligan was at one time a slave owner because his slave Cato was always helping him and uh, being his frequent intelligence runner. So he was a slaveholder, but he was also a member of the New York Manumission Society, which was the organization that helped abolish slavery, like I said before. So I'm finding a lot of our founding fathers or key figures, uh, if they owned slaves, they were able to move their position on it. Uh, sometimes it took their death to do it, like in George Washington's uh, example, he freed all his, all of his slaves upon his death, and other people had freed all of their slaves upon their death. Um, and Mulligan released his slaves before his death. Now, any diary or most of Mulligan's letters or self-written biography, they've never been found, or more likely, they were never created in the first place. Because he was part of the Culper Spiring, they actually use numbers and codes for their actual names. So tracking down the exact details are now lost to the ages. And if you are a spy, the last thing you're going to do is, or want to do, is leave a paper trail of any kind. And the very best sources for historians to study are primary sources. And unfortunately with him, Mulligan, they don't amount to much. I wonder what movies could be made or what history would be gleaned if we had a box of his writings or diary from Hercules Mulligan. Mulligan's messenger and slave Cato, he enlisted as a private in the 2nd Massachusetts Regiment under Colonel John Bailey in 1775, along with his owner, Hercules Mulligan. And in 1778, Cato was granted his freedom in return for his service. After the war, Cato returned to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and he lived out the rest of his days there with his first wife, Althea, who died around 1820, and then his second wife, Lucy Predison. And uh, Cato passed away in 1824 and is buried on the land that he owned in Plymouth. I've been to Plymouth, and I don't ever recall seeing anything about this, unfortunately. I think it would be pretty cool. Um, Hercules Mulligan entrusted him with highly sensitive information, and Cato fought in the revolution and risked his life, and it eventually earned him his freedom because uh, Hercules Mulligan approved, if you serve, I'm going to let you free, and he gained his freedom and got to uh, live out his days in Plymouth. I wished I, I wished I would have seen it when I was there. So the next time you hear Hercules Mulligan or watch Hamilton, you should now have a better understanding of who this man was, what his life was all about, and the incalculable benefit he was to the Patriot cause. I hope you enjoyed it. As with every show, I put links for you to explore, allowing you to take an even deeper dive if interested. Each show note and link is included within each show's description. You can also see photos, maps, paintings, drawings, 
that coincide with each episode on our website. I do have some pretty cool ones for this show. And from our website, you can even listen to each show right, right from there if you want. To view these show notes, just visit our website, patriotpowerpodcast.com, and then click on Broadside and find the episode that you want to listen to and learn more of. Thanks for listening and hope that you tune in next time with us here at the Patriot Power Podcast. Make sure that you hit subscribe so you'll get notified when our new episodes are available for you. And we hope that you check out our websites, which include our show notes, links, documents, and more at PatriotPowerPodcast.com or ILoveGeorgeWashington.com. Until next time, hope that you and your family have a blessed week. And remember, be safe and tell a veteran thanks for their service.